welcome, welcome, welcome back, uh, welcome back to everybody to the first inaugural episode of the Back to Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Dan Goswick, and joined alongside by me is a uh, fellow host, co-host, however you want to call it, Drew Rankin, and uh, we are excited to get this podcast kicking underway. Uh, most folks, for their New Year's resolution, might have been to uh, work out some more, or run, or do uh, anything like that, but uh, we've decided to start a podcast, so uh, unlike the How I Met Your Mother trope of opening a bar, uh, we're going to do the millennial thing and start a podcast, so... Why don't we kick it off uh, and get on going? Drew here and my my fellow Star Wars fan, Dan, my best friend, and I are going to be taking you on a journey to a galaxy far, far away, an escape pod, if you (laughs) will, from reality. So that we can just enjoy our Star Wars content, soak it up, drink from the fire hose that is going to be 2022 and Star Wars content, jumping in at the Book of Boba. Um, so obviously all of the content prior to now, we are going to assume you are up to date on as we reference Book of Boba and then everything moving forward from here. So we'll take you through a journey through probably what it will be future known as the Disney plus era or golden age of star Wars content. So without further ado, let's get into it. So yeah, as Dan mentioned, um, just a big star Wars fans, probably since we've been little kids and what better to do with all of our time, resources, energy, and money as adults than, talk more about star wars because i'm sure there's a bunch of other people that are in our age demographic and or other demographics entirely that enjoy nothing more than talking about and listening to content about star wars which is why we're all here so let's go i'm excited um i I as well yes for sure and we have a lot of you know you mentioned it already we have a lot of star wars content on the horizon we've got seven episodes of uh, the Book of Boba Fett, which obviously is one that, I mean, I think a lot of old school fans for sure have been wanting because Boba Fett being this character that we haven't really fleshed out at all um, in any medium. Uh, the most we've gotten is the Mandalorian, which I would still even say we didn't get a ton of Boba Fett in in that that era. Then after that, we'll have Andor and the Kenobi series and Bad Batch Season 2 and... Um, you know, hopefully we'll return to the Silver Spring here soon. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk of Rogue Squadron um, on again, off again. So we'll see what the next time it actually hits the, the Silver Screen will be. But uh, I think for the now, this is on again for Rogue yeah, Squadron. That's what I heard on again. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but for now, Disney is going to be more than happy uh, to, to cash those checks for their streaming service. So Drew, I mean, takeaways from episode one, book of Boba Fett, good, bad, and different. I mean, what were your kind of overall takeaways from uh, the episode? At a high level, I think a good introductory episode definitely leaves you with, if it's possible, even more questions about Boba Fett, given how mysterious mm-hmm. of a character that he was. I will say that I, I watched the, um, was it Under the Helmet, the documentary series on Disney Plus prior to Book of Boba. 
you know, check that out and you're listening to this do that because it's I, I am finding that in specific scenarios I like that behind the scenes content and I'm finding that that's typically like Marvel and Star Wars stuff basically the content that I enjoy I also enjoy seeing how it's been made um, and just like the backstory on how that character was even developed why he is the way he is to the extent of like why he even is the color you know the color scheme and palette that he is is basically they were just like I don't we don't really George Lucas is I don't really care just uh, do whatever you want to the guys who were in charge of of putting him together originally he was like all white like a stormtrooper because he was supposed to be like the elite squadron version of a stormtrooper um, he was supposed to be, you know, the kind of the badass, cool version of a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, well, we can't just have him blend in with, with the stormtroopers. He's got to stand out. Um, and so whoever was responsible for um, creating that character took the armor and just whatever colors they had. He was, he, George Lucas trusted that person to just make the right call. And now he's green, red, and orangish yellow, right? So That's it's just interesting, interesting how that happened. I think it was their budget too, because they couldn't have a bunch of Boba's armor as stormtroopers. So they were like, "We can't have this class of stormtrooper for a bunch of them. So just make make this just a guy. Make him just a guy. Yeah, one guy, one super soldier, right? And two minutes and thirty seconds of screen time. All of a sudden, he's a a cult classic, and now we have a whole spinoff series just to Boba. I love. I love that in general, what the John Favreau and Dave Filoni are doing is just taking like, there was this nugget once and let's expand upon that stuff more and more with Boba it's obviously a character, but even just like some of the Easter egg stuff or some of the threads that you, they start to pull at that. Now, not only you get a little, like a deeper, richer story on, but then that also connects over here. And I mean, John Favreau knows what he's doing. He's comes from the Marvel universe of interconnection. And I think that's what they're trying to do with these Disney plus series is to somehow either connect them to each other to pay off later. Or if it is, it's sort of lives in a silo and it's going to be its own thing. It at least connects to some of the, other content that comes from the source material meaning the the movies um and so i think i'm I'm just excited their star wars content is in good hands right now to be able to flush out this stuff and we saw it with the mandalorian a completely new character and now we're seeing it with characters that we either love based on the fact of nothing other than they look badass to maybe some of the characters that we've seen like ahsoka who was in nothing but animation and now is mm-hmm. live action so um they are thank you john favreau dave filoni you are uh, the future of star wars and we we have a podcast as a result so <laughs> absolutely so i mean diving into the episode we we check off um you know maybe the most important box in star wars i mean there's a there's a handful of stories of that star wars fans always want to be told and one of which is how the heck does boba fett escape the sarlacc pit and uh, we get a quick, maybe two or three minutes of not, I probably not even, probably two minutes of, of time of kind of showing uh, Boba Fett escaping the Starlight Pit. And uh, Drew, walk me through it. I mean, how do you feel about the scene? Uh, how do you feel about Stormtrooper? Yeah. Being in the pit with him? He's, 
I mean, they made short order of what was a long mystery of something that I imagine in some people's head canon, which is, you know, what I, what I refer to as you know, what's what, what I picture going mm-hmm. on. I'm sure some people thought that process could have taken, you know, days, weeks, months longer. And they basically made it last, like you said, about two minutes. And 30 a whole seconds. 30 seconds. Get out of I don't here. know. I don't know how long he'd been in there at that point, but I'm going to assume not incredibly long because he isn't dead. Right. And he's a, he's a clone an unaltered clone. So he's stronger than the average typical humanoid male in the star Wars universe, just because of his genetic superiority, which is why they chose Django Fett. But other than that, he doesn't have some freakish superpowers to where he can hold his breath for months and go into hibernation. Like he's going to need oxygen. And pretty quickly you see, like, I think almost because he's like short of breath jostles awake. And that's where you see him in the Sarlacc pit covered in clear goo which is probably the worst acidic toxic sludge that's known to man um and he's just covered in the stuff he's realizing what's going on his survival instincts kick in and he's like what do i do and he knows this little secret fact that few people probably know and it's that apparently a stormtrooper has a breathing apparatus that that is tied to their helmet and chest plate I had no idea. I've never seen that before. I've never seen that flushed out anywhere else other than this. Some could say that's a convenient little piece, but in theory, like a stormtrooper, it would make sense for maybe that to be a built-in piece of it. And if that stormtrooper has been sitting there for God only knows how long, uh, he ain't using it. Let's just put it that way. So Boba takes full advantage of the fact that there's some, uh, some convenient oxygen available to him and then has to figure out how the heck to get out of there i mean i feel like it would have been easy to just say yeah let's just jetpack out of here um but if i'm going back to the original trilogy his jetpack does get damaged by han solo so he has to find another way out he punches and that is something that is a big one i mean people have said you know how do you get out and um i think there is a legends comic that he uses the jetpack to escape or there's another one where he has assistance from a third party that helps him get out. But um, I would have liked to see them kind of show that the jetpack doesn't work. Because right. if I get eaten by something and the, the fastest way is up, you know, either have a scene of him looking up and it's closed or have a scene of him trying to hit the jetpack button to show that this doesn't work. Right. Um, like, is you your know, computer I- plugged in? You're right, exactly. And I know a lot of folks were um, felt different ways of having a stormtrooper there because there wasn't a stormtrooper eaten in that famous scene. Um, but as we know of Sarlaccs, they digest their food over thousands of years. So that guy was probably there uh, beforehand. The storm, you know, there were stormtroopers on Tatooine, uh, you know, as even though the Empire had a tough time holding the outer rim, uh, there was still stormtroopers there. So. Yeah. I think kind of how we explain away that one. And I, it was, I think it was the device, like you said, to, to use, to show there's no oxygen down here. And here's this convenient plot piece that I can just write in because the most, you know, the strongest superpower in all movies is the author's pen. So hell, just here we go. Um, but I thought it was great. I mean, kind of 
punching his way through the stomach and then using the, I mean, the, the coolest weapons outside of just the jetpack and the missile is the flamethrowers on his hands. I mean, that's like classic Boba Fett. Um, so being able to see him kind of roast him from the inside, uh, and we were joking beforehand, again, on the pod, you know, we're probably going to see grilled Sarlacc on the menu over oh, at yeah. Gal- Char- 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 Charred Sarlacc is going to make its way to uh, Disney World and Disneyland to Batu here soon uh, for, a, yeah. for you know, as some of the delicacies of Tatooine that you can now get. Oh, yeah. Uh, side, uh, coconut water. That's right. And, uh, with your, with your pot of, of Aquafina dug out from the sands. I know we're jumping ahead there, but I, I can see that as the, the, the newest delicacy that can be purchased for the small price of, you know, $32 at Disneyland. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> so we get the Sarlacc pit, and then we, you know, quickly jump to these other scenes from The Mandalorian really getting kind of tied up with a bow pretty well. We see the Jawas come through, and much like Jawas would, they just take his armor off, and that's how it, you know, gets into um, Vance's hands, as we see in later on in The Mandalorian, and then quickly picked up by the Tusken Raiders and, um, I mean, put into chains and dragged along the, the sands and the dunes, um, kind of really beat up. Um not what I kind of expected out of Boba Fett. So I'll say two things I thought of as he's as he's escaping the Sarlacc. I assume he kills the Sarlacc by lighting it ablaze. No. Yeah. Right. So then to see his hand popping out of the ground like zombie, like classic zombie out of graveyard, right? Like, I'm alive. Uh, right. And then... I thought it was cool that they thought of this and cause it could be easy to just simply gloss over this, but he was just covered in toxic stomach acid. Mm. He's not going to come out of there clean. And so when he pops out of the ground, like all the sand is sticking to him. I know that sounds ticky tacky and dumb, but it would have looked really stupid if they hadn't done that. And they obviously took the time to make sure that it did. So that made sense. That was cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, so he, he punches a hole in the side of the Sarlacc and then he just digs his way up, I suppose. Right. He, so he doesn't come. I feel like you would think when someone tells you that Boba somehow survived the Sarlacc, he'd come out the mouth, you think. He'd come out the mouth. Right. And so I was kind of surprised to see him come out of the sand. I get it based on how they did it, why he came out, where he came out. It was just, it was just interesting because it, it's not what I would have expected for him to pop out of there like that. But, but yeah, I mean, in, in short order, he's just cooking there in the sun. He's, he's, he's aging like an avocado in the middle of July, just out there roasting. Um, and then, yeah, the Jawas come. They, I would say the Jawas, the Jawas just like taking the hilt of whatever it was and just oh, knocking, like, talk about kicking a guy while he's down. Just like, you just, you just, stole all my armor i look up just to kind of get a hey you don't take that and then just bang back back to the sand you you just lay here and think about what you've done for a while good good gosh i mean no wonder boba's in as rough shape as he is when we find him so he's he's sitting there he's cooking in the sun the vultures are circling and then all of a sudden the tuscan raiders show up 
And for a moment, I'm like, oh, okay, they're going to be the ones who save him. They tie him up behind a bantha and make him walk who knows how far because they're nowhere near anything at that point. And, and then he, he gives up on walking because he's just obviously too tired. He just, mm-hmm. he just fought for his life in the belly of the beast. And then he just gets dragged through the sand. I have to admit, I mean, I mean sand's soft, but if you're being dragged well, for of course, you know, it gets everywhere, but for miles by a bantha on your back through the sand, like I imagine like all the skin on his back is just gone. It's what, at least what I thought when I saw that. Well, sure, and he's wear, he's still wearing his suit, his, yeah, his jumpsuit at that point in time. But yeah, oh. I was uh, I was curious about the the end game of the um, Tuscan Raiders because I didn't know them to take slaves and to imprison people like that, but they clearly had. Um, Greedo is a character. I can't remember the, the species, but uh, Redonian. Redonian, thank you. Um, with him, obviously. And well, if you, yeah, I mean, if, you go, if you go back to the prequels, they had um, Shmi. That's true. That's Dead true. Walker. So they they took her. I don't know why they took her, um, but they took her, and she was there fighting for her life. She was all tied up. <laughs> Um, so it's not, I guess, completely unprecedented, but took her to dig coconuts. <laughs> yeah. Need, more coconut. Need they... more, as many coconut tickets as they can get their hands on. All I'm saying is they took Shmi Skywalker. I mean, I don't know exactly how many years before that is, but like, <laughs> at what point have we run out of coconuts in the sand? There's got to be plenty. There's, there's... well, so we see, we see. The, the flashback then of of coming to, back to current time where we have Fennec Shan waking up Oba in the back to pod, um, similar to you know Luke in the back to tank, you know horizontal versus vertical, whatever. And then we have everyone kind of showing up and paying tribute. And we really get dropped into. Um, I was kind of surprised that they didn't pick up right away from. Um, Boba walking into the palace and taking over um, the mantle, you know, kind of right because we, we had speculated that that was going to be the first scene of this um, but it really feels like it, it it's probably within the same couple weeks, I don't know how long ago it was that he, he took over from, from Bib Fortuna World tra- um, Word travels fast in uh, Tatooine apparently I mean, it is, we kind of drop into, okay Boba here's Here's your daily task of being appeased by your people. What's on my agenda today? <laughs> get, get more money. Get get all the things. But I'll say so. the the back to the back to pod that he is floating in. Um, you know, good good device for us to be able to see those flashbacks first and foremost. Um, he comes out in his sumo wrestler looking speedo thing uh fennec fennec wakes him up hey we've got company people people are coming to pay us monies okay let's go and i thought the coolest thing that came out of that bit was him basically being tony stark and the droids putting his armor on like 
that is just so I don't know. I just it was just badass to see Boba's armor getting put on him like that. Um, I'm trying to figure out what happened in Slave One back in Mandalorian season two when he just had to schlup it amongst the people and put the armor on himself. Like, oh, it must <laughs> it must be nice being the crime lord of Tatooine. Must have its perks. One of them being droids to to fit you in your armor so delicately so that that part was cool though to see him all suited up like that after him floating around in the in the back up but uh but yeah i mean yeah he comes out and he has assumed the throne of jabba he is the crime lord of tatooine's underworld it's obviously pretty well known at this point that that's taken place so yeah i don't know exactly how long Maybe it's a day, maybe it's a week, whatever. But we're not too far removed from what happened at the end credit scene from Mandalorian yeah. too. Um, first dude comes in. It's funny, you know. It's one of those aliens that you would love to have subtitles for, but who knows what he's saying? And he basically says just as much. Like he's just he's just us when it comes to those crazy oh, yeah. alien creatures. Like he has no idea what they're saying either, which is cool. Um, but he he sees the gold and silver uh, Republic credits, um, and they they th- those will those will pay the bills. And then the second guy comes in, and this is this what I thought was really cool was the Trandoshan Bosque lizard-like creature who comes in, kind of gives him the backhanded compliment, whatever, that's also the threat, which was cool in and of itself. But I was trying to figure out, and I thought this, and then later basically confirmed. I don't know that it's actually been confirmed, but more or less. He's holding what appears to be a Wookiee pelt. And from the size of it, not a large Wookiee pelt. So either it's folded up a couple times and it's a normal Wookiee or this dude just brought in the pelt of a young Wookiee, which is awful. And I, I, I think that'd be a little deep of a cut for them to be saying <laughs> something like that. Uh, I know, I know Boba Fett is going to be, I think it, this is going to be a rougher of a tumble show. Um, but it's still on Disney Plus. But it's still on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you look at what you know. Spoiler alert for Hawkeye, <clears throat> but obviously bringing in Kingpin as a major villain in that series. In the Netflix show, we see a very violent uh, Kingpin who you know kills people and does a lot of things that you would see on a Netflix show. But on the Disney Plus show, he's not nearly as uh, murderous, I suppose. Uh, and I think that's going to end up being the same for, for Star Wars and both. And I mean, heck, even looking back at George Lucas, when you get shot by a blaster bolt, you don't bleed or explode or there's not really blood in, in Star Wars. I mean, even cut with a lightsaber, when you see Darth Maul getting cut, you don't see him spilling out everywhere because conveniently he comes back to life, but that's here or there. Hey, <laughs> lightsabers instantly cauterize the wound, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right that's right exactly um but then we see this character come through the the mayor's domo is that whatever the 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 character is i thought he was woody harrell but he's not uh he just has <laughs> that 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 voice um and we talked about this a little bit as well uh star wars kind of playing a little faster and looser with the old accents 
when we have Bill Burr being heavy Boston accent. Um, whereas right. traditionally, Star Wars characters are hello there, uh, very British and uh, more proper. British or just perfectly normal American with like yeah, an accent, but yep. never, never a southern draw. Or, well, you know, the mayor sends his regards. I could see how this could be confused. Like, that's how that guy mm-hmm. talked. And it, yeah, it kind of threw me off for a minute. I also just thought, in general, I'm sure that actor did exactly what he was supposed to do, which was make that character annoying, which is sometimes, unfortunately, what an actor is supposed to do is make their character annoying because their character is not supposed to be liked. In this mm-hmm. in this scenario, if that was the job, this dude understood the assignment because I hated that guy the moment he opened his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he just well you see that's not exactly and and completely threw boba for a loop like he's not used to being the king of the underworld yet he's still trying to figure stuff out and this guy comes in here after everybody else is throwing tributes at his feet and basically saying like the mayor was too busy to come see you and instead of us owing you money it's the other way around. You and he look pathetic. Money somehow, right? He's. I thought I was the crime lord. I think that's a, the line that that he delivers. And um, you you get to leave here unmolested. You you with your life. Good day, sir. What a great line! And I think we're going to see so much of that because even Phoenix, I think, says, uh, you know, you would have been if you spoke to Boba like that, or not Boba, excuse me, Jabba. Uh, you'd be fed the menagerie, which we, of course, know all the the creatures that that Job the Hut has collected. Oh, real quick, deep cut here. So menagerie to me, meaning like more than one, right? We obviously saw the Rancor get killed by Luke. The baby Rancor, though, from Bad Batch. I, See, I thought those were the same Rancor. I don't think they were. I think they were separate. I think he was trying to collect them all, like Pokemon. And if Ooh. that's the case, does Baby Rancor grow up? And is Baby Rancor now Boba's to control? And if so, I can't wait to see that. That because oh, it could it could be it doesn't even have to be on the nose, but if it could just be like subtly referenced somehow that that's the name of that Rancor, even if we never even see it, it's just like growling downstairs in its cage. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, don't mess with blah blah blah. I forget the name of the, the rancor that they end up with, but, but um, save, yeah. That would be hilarious and, and just a cool little tie in to Bad Batch, but I digress. I digress, yes. But then he's of course leaves and says you'll be expecting another um right. entourage or, or whatever, which we'll speculate about that um a little bit later as well. So then uh we find Boba leaving and going out to to the people and, and going to talk and uh, we talked a little bit about the theme of this and we get, you know, Mandalorian was so heavily Western yep. and you just got every single vibe of just the, you know, the Lone Ranger cowboy and, like the, you know, the duels and the draws and little Egyptian vibes on this. I think it's going to end up being a, and we talked about this too, uh, a, godfather-esque crime syndicate feel so talk to me Drew, a little about your takeaways on on that especially the just because I, I loved the i love when they're walking around tatooine and those cities in mas espa 
because I think the they do a great job of set design there. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, just like the architecture. I wish I have been to Batu and Disney World twice now, and I still find myself at times like I get why they did what they did down there to make it kind of its own thing, so that you're not stepping into a given known entity in time and space in the star Wars universe of like something that you've seen on screen. So they mm-hmm. have a little more flexibility to do whatever they want with there. But man, if they could have just made that Tatooine or if even at times it becomes Tatooine, right? Like it's, it's sandy clay architecture. You could easily retheme that pretty quickly and have it, have it the, the market place where Boba Fett walks around and, and instead of Kylo Ren and the Stormtroopers. I digress. The The architecture and everything is is awesome. You're right. It gives like Egyptian. So you get like Egyptian vibes and he kind of references that when he's saying that he didn't want to be like carried around by the, you know, the, the, the peasants or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't want to rule like that. He wants to be seen as a as a person um who's able to fend for himself he's not some you know god he's a he's yeah. a guy he'll kick your ass but he's but he's just a simple man making my way through the galaxy still oh. um and so that was cool to see i love tatooine it's interesting though because it's like okay we've gone to, we obviously luke was in tatooine the prequels spent some time in tatooine I don't know off the top of my head if the um, sequel trilogy spent time in Tatooine. He only returns but, at the end, I believe, to Barry. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So, light yeah. So, Ray, so, he does return. Yeah. Ray goes back at the end. So, there. But and we can obviously. Which is just Tatooine. Mandalorian, back to Tatooine. Uh, there's Tatooine in um, Clone Wars and probably Rebels, if I'm not mistaken. So this, where it all started, the original movie, like we're just going to keep coming back to Tatooine. I don't foresee Boba Fett leaving Tatooine more than but a couple times. And so I think it's going to be grounded in Tatooine for this series. We've got the Kenobi series coming up. I know that's going to spend some time. in. Like, So we're just getting, if you don't like sand, if your name is Anakin Skywalker, you're going to be really pissed at the amount of Tatooine that we get. If you're not, and you enjoy that, which I am a fan of, uh, then you'll be quite pleased uh, because I think it's just a cool place to continue exploring. I wish I could step foot in Tatooine myself. Well, I think some of this too, we have to remember that even though Disney does have an endless budget for these things, it's still a TV series. At the end of the day, this is not going to have a movie budget. Right. So to to take shots and to go other places, even with other properties, you know, it's... Heck, they might have... I don't know where they shoot, probably New Zealand or something like that with Vast Desert, but, you know, they probably have some agreement where they say, all right, Boba Fett cast, get in there, and then, all right, flip it out for Kenobi. Like, get all, get all those actors in there, and while we're still on the, the lease to to be over here or whatever. I don't know how I've never been a film director myself, but, but all of that's becoming a little bit easier with the technology that they developed for the Mandalorian, the volume oh, that they're using. Right. So I don't know. I don't remember whether Boba Fett's the book of Boba Fett used that same technology or not. I want to say they did. I know Kenobi did, and I'm pretty sure that Andor did. 
Um, that obviously makes it a little easier. I'm sure there's still some physical locations. I know, what is it, the tragedy from Mandalorian season two, where mm-hmm. they go to the temple and you see Boba Fett. That was physically shot in an outdoor location, but majority of the Mandalorian is shot in the volume. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, even, but to your point, like just to recreate all of those scenes, even if it is in the volume, still takes time, energy, effort, and ultimately dollars. So yeah, if they're sticking to the sand planet, it's probably a little easier to navigate and continue to do that rather than recreate an entire new planetscape. So, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I see them staying, staying in, uh, in his little humble abode as he's trying to figure out the, uh, the underworld there. Uh, but then, yeah. So shortly after he's having his conversation with Fennec about the ways of, of, the crime lord they make their way over to their first pit stop uh, along his along his way to the interesting establishments who knows what's going on in there uh, yeah, I, was a question. I was questioning what what exactly that establishment was was it a bar was it a, you know, like a cantina or there's some something else going is there they running some they running some spice hmm? perhaps <laughs> Probably doing some spice there. Probably, I think it was a money laundering thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if it was a full on brothel or anything like that. Because I think we, <laughs> I, I, I feel like uh, Star Wars hasn't. I mean, now that it's on Disney Plus, a little different. But Star Wars hasn't necessarily shied away from things like that. I mean, Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi. That was, you know, kind of a, a bigger theme of it. You know, obviously. Leia in her f- famous outfit. Best way I can put that. Um, you, mean, you mean Leia the Hut Slayer? The Hut Slayer. That's right. Very keep it up with the times there. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but an interesting comment, like you said, you know, Fett kind of switching and saying, "Well, now we have to get along with their customs." You know, can I clean your helmet, sir? Can, may I take your hat, sir? May I take your hat, sir? Like Patrick from the from the SpongeBob episode. May I? May I take your Gamerian guards and hose them down and feed them? Forget sure. everything. Yeah, whatever. Go, go, take whatever. Forget everything you know except for fine dining. I mean, criminal underworld and yeah. uh, breathing, right? But that's straight to the point of, you know, hey, your protection or, you know, this agreement will continue between, you know, we're good. And she's, you know, seeming very pleased thankful. with this arrangement. It's the helmet full of gold coins. Right. right and, exactly. and then Fennec Shan basically like, I don't know. I got a little bit of the like, I don't know if she was, Jessica Beals was, character was flirting with Boba Fett or just kind of like grease in the wheels here to like say, yeah, this is, this, this relationship is going to continue and it's going to do well here's your first payment and oh yeah nice shiny new helmet full of uh full of gold coins won't hurt my what i want to have out of this right and and i think that we gotta figure out what boba's angle is here and i think that's gonna be the main driving point of this this series will be kind of because we had mentioned it before you know boba fett only on camera for two and a half minutes in the original trilogy and you know what's what's your play here right do you want to be the new 
hut? I mean, is that kind of your goal to be Jabba? Is it your goal to gain power? Um, because right. then, like, this arrangement with this establishment, like, what's the point? Right. I mean, I think some of it is just going through the motions of doing what he's supposed to do because he's supposed to do it. I do want to know, yeah, like, what's your end game here? You were, for all intents and purposes, dead to the world. You came back. If you wanted to, you could have just gone off into obscurity and just lived a peaceful, normal life. Um, you know, now time to, time to get out was was now, and you came back in. Like just just when you think they pull me out, they pull me back in, right? So um, yeah, what's what's his angle? What's his motivation? Definitely gonna explore some of that in the future episodes here. But he's a bounty hunter. I mean, I, that's his I whole don't, craft. I don't see how that trickles to I now want to replace Jabba unless there's something else that he's getting after um, revenge of some sort, righting a wrong of some sort, um, trying to figure out what it is that's making him tick and why he was so displeased with Jabba and that head of leadership or was it maybe he had no problem with Jabba? He showed up and Jabba's gone, and he really just hated Bib Fortuna, and so he just said, "I'm not gonna let this guy be the guy anymore, and I'll take over for him." You know, and we t- we we talked about this a little bit before, obviously recording, but um, kind of like getting a a guild almost, like we saw in Mandalorian. A could he be pulling together an assassin guild? I mean, could we see more and more bounty hunters come in and have him try to play the role of, you know, head bounty hunter? Right. As he's getting older, he's now getting other people to do his dirty work um, and and do hits. You know, obviously Fennec Shan being one of... He introduces her as Master Assassin. Right. Which is hilarious. By, by I want to be in case, in case anybody was wondering, she kills people professionally. Let's just get that off. We'll murder you. Yeah. And then speaking of Hitman, they walk out of the bar and immediately are attacked. In attacked. good, in a, in a very cool action scene. Yeah, attacked immediately. The moment that their Gamorrean guards are being fed and hosed down, they step out. He doesn't have his helmet on. He's carrying it because it's full of gold coins. The helmet symbolically like rolls the way mm-hmm. Django Fett's mm-hmm. helmet rolled, right? So you're like, oh no, he's going to meet his end. And then, oh wait, no, he's not because, hey, this is the first episode of the it's series. But, <laughs> but also B, because he's got Fennec Shand and then the Gamorrean guards show back up. But those henchmen show up and they're like, ninja assassins with the vibro blade spears whatever that like general grievous's guards had just mm-hmm. like a different shape and color and then they had the shields that are like that energy force field whatever the same energy field that is used i think just in a smaller form in between like qui-gon jinn and darth maul and obi-wan kenobi and darth mm-hmm. maul yeah, and the one. of like places the this is the tap it with the lightsaber and it hisses thing. Like you want no part of touching this backup that makes for a great shield. Somehow they made it compact and mobile. 
and they would act like that too because when he, he fires off a rocket and literally just has friendly fire which i think is one of the reasons we see a subdued boba there then also when we see <clears throat> one of the henchmen get thrown into his buddy shield he you know has that yes. classic star wars yeah, yeah. scream a pain. so you know this just came this came to my head just now <clears throat> but they they made a a definite point like you had mentioned of showing the helmet showing the helmet off of boba and you know of course some of that could be just um um dinjarin and and the the actor whose name golly i can't think of his name now pedro pascal thank you so much um you know famously wanted his face on the screen so that could be one reason but right do we think tomorrow most people they need to see my mug. They need to see this ugly mug. But do they? Do we think that they put the money in the helmet for a reason? Keep the helmet off of them. Mm, yeah, awfully convenient that their his guards are being <clears throat> hosed down and fed when he steps out of the marketplace with no longer a helmet on. Hey, that's not. We, I've heard worse conspiracy theories. We don't know who these hitmen are. I think the popular take would be the mayor's office. That is I mean, that is the the contingency that it's been sent. Well, I think they come from the Mortal Kombat universe, actually. I think oh yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. That's <laughs> absolutely for sure. Which we'll talk more Mortal Kombat here. They are uh, if if, if, if Sub Zero is Snow Miser, these are the Heat Miser version in the sand. That's, that's very much coming so. up. Yeah, very <laughs> much. I think that's going to be episode two revealed pretty quick. Where who whomst sent them? I think it's either going to be mayor's people or it's going to be that clan of people who attacked the uh, moisture farm. I think one of those two are either going to be both of which will be playing for power. I think I lean towards the mayor just because the moisture farm bandits happened in a flashback scene. And I don't know exactly how long between flashback to current timeline it is. But the current threat in the current well, at least five years, right? I, I sure I have no idea. Um, is it is it five years? Well, yeah, because it'd be Return of the Jedi would be the flashback. Oh, I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how long. I guess that's most likely yes, but I don't know how long exactly Boba was in the Sarlacc pit. I assume it wasn't too terribly long, based on the fact that you run out of oxygen down there. Apparently, yeah, so, um. So yeah, assuming it's like five years, I think whoever that threat is has probably been handled, and we'll see that at some point in a flashback. I think it's probably the mayor's henchmen, based on the comments that were made by the annoying guy that says, whoa, apologies and misunderstanding. Um, But I, yeah, I just, the other thing I thought of was in the trailer, I'm going to have to go back now and watch it, rewatch the trailer. I want to say that those henchmen at some point are like walking around with Boba Fett. Like it looked like willingly. So I'm curious to see if Boba Fennec Shan finds the tracks, the guys down in the Assassin's Creed parkour rooftop chase and decides in the most Fennec Shand way possible to keep the, keep the one alive, but only the one alive. Yes, and, punching, 
Even the one, the old Baxter from the uh, from Anchorman. I don't need two of you. I just a bad need man one. punted my henchman. Yeah. So right off the Brooklyn Bridge. Adios, adios, Sub Zero's weird dollar store cousin, and keeps the one alive. We did skip over the the probably my favorite part of the entire episode, which is Boba Fett looking looking. Badass at first, starting to take a beating. Finally, the, he gets some reinforcements. And then right before he decides to dip out of there with his guards, he uses his wrist rocket launcher to just Very annihilate cool. one of the henchmen and just disintegrate cool. him off the face of the planet. So he, there's just a crater where that guy was and a chunk missing from the clay of the side of that building. That was just awesome. I know that's probably... A little dark of me to enjoy that scene, oh, as well. did, but oh man, that was great. No, we want. I want Boba Fett flexing as much muscle as he. Yeah, I mean, heck the the scene where he is reintroduced into Star Wars, where he gets the armor and he just dismantles the stormtroopers. I mean, that was that was so that was the payoff for so many Star Wars fans. I mean, yeah. I can only imagine the ones who were. You know, our age when we got into it, when the original, when the Star Wars happened, you know, yeah, they lived the Star Wars. <laughs> they uh, that scene in the Mandalorian is basically Boba Fett's hallway scene, right? Like, oh yeah, Luke, Luke, Vader, and Darth Maul have all had hallway scenes. He just wasn't in a hallway, but he was mowing down stormtroopers, and then, and then he takes out two of the ships on their way out with this. With his backpack great, missile. Great so, shot. Great shot. Jetpack missile, yeah. So, but yeah, Which, I mean, uh, that I, was maybe my biggest and possibly only gripe, other than not knowing yet what Boba's motivations are, is that when we saw Boba last in The Mandalorian, he seemed to be at peak Boba. He's in his prime, it looked he's like. Shape. Like he yeah. is mowing down folks. It doesn't look like there's anything wrong with him. And then we fast forward to him being the crime lord, and now he has to sit in a in a back to pod to get healed up just to walk across the street to collect his money. He does have some moments where he's fight fending people off and doing okay for himself, but then quickly he's you can tell he's still vulnerable and not fully healed from whether it's the Sarlacc or something else that's happened to him. Um, so I'm just, yeah, where, where along the way is Boba back to his prime self? And I guess what changed since we saw him in the Mandalorian, it could just be them trying to show that he's still human and he's recovering from the Sarlacc pit. But to me, it's like, okay, well, he's out of the Sarlacc pit in Mandalorian. So we've gotten past that. If you want to address that in the flashbacks, and show him on the mend then do it but it looked like he's back to full strength maybe maybe not maybe we saw he he took uh well, he, he took a rock he took a little popeye spinach before he battled those stormtroopers and then he's back to oh man these bones don't work like they once did well and of course stormtroopers are you know classically a uh, bad shot and sure. not necessarily the, the most formidable opponents whereas these guys seemed like they were pretty trained yeah. uh, as far as combat goes and 
him taking a f- rocket to the face from some friendly fire, I'm sure slowed him down too. But yeah. I think we'll get that payoff uh, episode two or chapter two, I should say. But obviously, yeah. we're rushed back to the back to tank then um, due to the rocket to the face, and we get the flashback scene of um, fully clothed really, back to really, the back to tank. Yeah, exactly. Right. No, no time. No time to put the speedo on. Yeah. Sorry, uh, we're not stripping you down. You can just here you go. <clears throat> but we get the cool scene, I think, of kind of learning more about Boba's um, first acceptance into this uh, tribe of um, the the Tuscan Raiders. The Tuscan Raiders, yeah, the Tuscan Raider tribe. Um. I absolutely loved the fight scene. I don't know about you, but I absolutely loved um, that whole, just like the comical. Star Wars does such a good job of adding humor between like, obviously the dog, the dog like alligator attacks him and he knocks him out. So the dog's just growling. I mean, no hard feelings. Just the little humor that they can throw in there. And it's been, you know, it's, it's tried and true for the whole series and, 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 uh, Star Wars itself, but I loved that. Um, the fact that he didn't, that he knows that this is just some kid who's like babysitting them to do it, and he clearly doesn't want to be digging for these coconuts. I mean, the whole the whole thing, and of course, the homage to uh, Hut Slayer Leia of choking him out with his own chain. Uh, the again monster from Street Fighter. More, um, the, the Mortal Kombat yeah, exactly. reference in one Star Wars episode. Exactly. Yeah, I, I did not realize I would be. I, I assume that Boba Fett's going to use his the little cable that comes out, grab somebody and say, "Get over here!" At some point in the series, now you're going to have this. to. <laughs> <laughs> but walk me through. That. I mean, tell me about your thoughts on that scene. Yeah. So, so they're digging. It's basically the movie holes. They're out there in the middle of the desert heat. I can't tell Ooh. if this is just if this is just punishment. Zero with a hut. Zero yeah. could be in the. He could show up. Who knows? Zero and both of them. Time out. Pause real quick. I was just watching Sons of Anarchy for the first time, and the actor that plays Zero is like a like a he shows up in Sons of Anarchy as just like a random neighborhood like gangster or whatever. It was random. It was funny. The voice. Literally just, like happened, literally just happened yesterday. Yes, he had a voice. Yes. Oh my god! I wish I could do him as well as the the RFR guys. Yeah. Oh man. That's uh, cool. In this neighborhood. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I I can't. I'm not gonna. I'll I'll, I'll have to perfect that one a little bit more. Yeah. But, right. Uh, <laughs> we'll workshop that. Bring it back for for next yeah. episode. But. Uh. But yeah. I mean. Yeah. They're just out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Digging for coconuts. I can't tell if that is punishment. Or if that's like genuinely helpful, like there are are there actually enough of those coconuts for them to to make any sort of headway on the hydration needs of the Tuscan Raiders? And then how about the little the little kid? Just like no, I'll take that back and I'll give the rest of it to the lizard dog. And both are like all right, you little shit, come here. <laughs> Uh, and then, so yeah, so the armed monsters like arm pops out, and I'm thinking immediately somehow this is a rancor because of the way the claw looked, and then it pops up, and it's nothing like it. It's it's the four armed guy from 
Mortal Kombat meets Gyarados. Um, and he's looking like he's just going to annihilate everything. And then obviously Boba finds a way to, 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 to beat him. And I mean, he's like holding the chain. So he's like, Boba's now broken the chains, right? He is risen. Um, and then the kid. So I'm trying to figure out because the kid had like a little staff with like a kind of pointier end to it. And then they had the chain, and that's really it. So either they just like wrapped that thing around tight and just yanked until the head popped off, or they just like sawed slowly, like cutting Ooh. through a piece of steak with a spoon. Like uh, if you put enough pressure and kind of wiggle it back and forth enough, it'll it'll cut through, but it'll take a while. Like how did they get that thing's head off? Because they had nothing sharp on them. Well, I think that that spear that he had is probably pretty pretty sharp because he. <clears throat> stabs him in the foot with it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, so, make a, clean, I mean, man, a clean stab. The <clears throat> amount of time it would have taken to cut that thing's head off with that, though. Oh. Like... Hey, that's why that's why things happen off screen. That's right. Yeah, we're not going to pan through <clears throat> this entire thing, but we're going to show up with a, with a severed head. But hey, then pan kid, away, and here we are. The kid taking all the credit for it, and Boba just like, what are you going to do, right? Like, I'm not going to, I'll let him have his moment in the sun. And then the who hasn't team... been that good though? Who has not been that kid? Oh yeah, 100%. something crazy happened. You're like, oh, I did, I did that. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Uh, yeah. You should see the other guy. You, we, we lowered the rim so Drew could finally dunk. Man, I dunked today. I um, like you dunked your Oreos in your milk. What are we talking about here? Because I, I dunked the basketball. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So this kid has that moment where he comes back and everybody gets to be proud of him. And the chief, the chief knows damn well that the kid didn't do it. So he gives Boba one of the coconuts and says, all right, you're not so bad. Maybe we'll let you live. That's my exactly. take on, on that scene. But, oh, I think that, I think that's exactly how that, that plays out. And I think that's, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the, the Greedo character, the oh, he didn't die. I didn't see him walking back. Oh, I don't remember. He I probably died. I, um, think he died. I think that I think the that makes the most sense. That does yeah. make the most sense. Get him out of here. Um, but I think the next episode will be a parallel conversation of how does Boba acquire allies, right? And I think it's going to be him acquiring more muscle because we there's been. I mean, a good lots of points have come up of like, all right, you're running this hut, you know, clan family now. Where where is your muscle? If you're not yeah. going to rule with fear, you know, who are your allies like right if now? He, if he could just walk in there and kill Bib Fortuna, I mean, they shot a who's couple of guards. Nobody really stopped them. So who's to stop us from doing the same thing to you, right? Sure. I mean, she, he's got Fennec Shand, and he's obviously him. That's a heck of a lot better than anything Bib Fortuna could say about himself. But, sure. yeah, to that point, like, you probably need a little bit of reinforcements here so that the Ninja Warrior Sub-Zero lookalikes don't come back here and cause any more ruckus. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I think he'll probably assemble uh, Avengers a, a team of Battlefield. Yeah, he'll it'll be my my prediction there is, you know, some of the 
classic bounty hunters and maybe some of the newer ones start to show up, you know, whether it's Bosk or one of the IG robots. Um, well, this yeah. is a perfect time to insert our game because this is our new segment on this show called Who's Coming? And I we I just made this up because we you and I went uh, back and forth quite a bit during Mandalorian as far as who will be showing up in this series. Man, Mandalorian, um, we, and I think we were even we were probably in deeper on Bad Batch. Uh, Bad Batch. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, Bad Batch was telegraphing a lot. You know, and th- this is a side note too, but Bad Batch did not pay off a lot of the things that I was really hoping Bad Batch was going to pay off on. I, they've Thank goodness they have the second season coming because I thought there was going to be a lot more character droppage. I mean, there was, there was a lot of talk when Bad Batch dropped of whether it would be just one season or multiple seasons, right? So I think as we got closer to the end of Bad Batch and we weren't getting the tie, the, the, you know, tying off some of those ends, I'm like, oh, oh, there's, yeah. there's got to be a second season because there's no way that they have all of this left unanswered. And then they just stop and like oh. Bad Batch just gets dismantled and everybody dies. Like there's no way. There's so much more story to be told here. It would be oh, a shame. Yeah. And and now we know that there will be a season two, but I don't know. I have no idea what's gonna happen with the book of Boba Fett. Uh, it could be a flash in the pan one season just to redeem that character, tell a little bit of deeper meaning and he goes down in a blaze of glory. Like I, I think that's totally a plausible scenario here at the end of all of this. I don't know. Again, not knowing what his intentions are. Um, who knows? But maybe this is another spinoff that continues for a while, like Mandalorian. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see who all pops up. So yeah, to to get back into yeah, your who who's next to pop who's up? Who's coming up? What's what's the cameo of the week? Um, my prediction, I've got like, most likely going to happen stretch and then like wish list. So most likely would be, yeah, like Bosk and some of the bounty hunters. Like I think Bosk specifically because we saw Trandoshan is probably going to pop up at some point. Um, stretch for me would be like I had said Crimson Dawn. So I don't know that they'll get as far as Kira and Darth Maul. Uh, or wait, no. I don't, think, Darth Maul yeah, I don't think we can get to Darth Maul because of the timeline. Right. So well, he is dead, yes. But that will make it very difficult to bring but, him back to life again. Hey, you know, he's been cut in half before. Yeah, um, he's been <laughs> Kenobi. Um, no, if they ruined that moment, I'd be so mad. That was such a beautiful way to end that that character. Yeah, I'm not remembering timelines of where. Well, where exactly? Yeah, no, because could because Kenobi would have been there. So would have been dead. Yeah, that'd be so, episode four. So this would top, probably be Crimson Dawn to some extent. I don't think we're gonna see Omega just because I think there's so much more story that they need to tell, and if they let us know several years down the line that she's alive even though they're brother and sister that would make sense for her to make an appearance i don't think they've done enough bad batch storytelling to go ahead and let us know that she's alive however many years later so i don't think we'll see omega even if she is alive 
at this point in time in the Star Wars universe. I don't think we'll see her. Um, I would love to see Kira, though, because I think based on some of the comics that they're writing and based on how Solo ended, that that's a way to tie in some of that stuff um, and make it maybe some of the fanfare a little bit more receptive to Solo. Mm -hmm. Um, But good luck backing up the Brinks truck to get... (laughs) to get Amelia Clark to sign off. I mean, I know she said she would love to play the character again, but I feel like it would be, she probably would prefer it to be in a, in a movie versus. I don't think she's going to want to be a one-off. Yeah. But so, so those are my, those are my three. I know you have one that you're really hoping you get. So I'll let you go ahead. Oh yeah. I'll, uh, I'll go. Well, I'll try to do this. I, I like this setup. We'll do, uh, a likely, uh, a less likely than a, a long shot. Um, and I think I'm going to reverse it. So I think my long shot, and I, I've I've mentally talked myself into this. I I think we could get Sam Jackson back. Thanks, Windu. I think, I think that, because Clone Wars dug into it a little bit. Yeah. Of young Boba. Young yeah. Boba. Kind of starting off his... Uh, bounty hunter because he was a part of like that kind of clan um, and his whole goal was to hunt down Mace Windu. We might not get Samuel L. Jackson back in his role. I know he wants to play it again but I think we could see at least a reference to it and I depending on how far we want to flash back to because we've already flashed back to when he's a kid. Yeah. Obviously using old footage. The Attack of the Clones right. Right and it would take you know, a casting of a young Boba Fett. I don't know if they'd be willing to go that far back, but it'd be interesting to flesh that out, at least for one episode to show kind of how he, he did it. I um, mean, they, if they could, they could get, um, not quite an old, but, you know, a, a younger Boba Fett and bring Daniel Logan back. And because Daniel Logan's yeah. the, the actor, the kid at the time who's now, I don't know how old he is now. Wouldn't that be great for Star Wars fans? Oh my gosh. That would be cool to have that. Well, cause there was, when they were doing, when they were doing Attack of the Clones, they had Daniel Logan was young Boba Fett. There was a, there was, I don't know the name of the actor, but there was like a 20 something year old Boba Fett. And then there was adult Boba Fett for Jango Fett. And mm-hmm. that was played by Tamar Morrison. Obviously, Tamar reprised his role right. and is the adult clone. So he's the he's the voice and the face of what the clones grew up to be. But you could get the, the kid and bring him in, and now he's somewhere in the middle, or get the younger guy and have him somewhere in the middle, I suppose. That would be kind of I'd like that. I'd like that. Uh, my, long sh- my, my lesser long shot, but I think it's still a long shot. I mean, being Cad Bane would be great in this and and paying off the deleted clone wars episode of of the duel and i could just see it be fitting into this gangster you know battle i mean maybe cad bane is still around and he's trying to fend for power as well i mean the fets not the fets excuse me the huts fell you know he's going for it because i believe that sequence would have been I mean, it was during the. It was supposed to be during the Clone Wars, so that would be well before anything of this. So, if Cad Bane were to show up, it would be well after any established thing. So, I think again, if he were to pay off, I think it'd have to be in a flashback. 
of him fighting him. It would either have to be the live action remake of that deleted scene from the Clone Wars, or it would have to be the rematch as mm-hmm. sure. adult Boba come back from the dead, like basically Cad Bane hearing that Boba's alive and coming back not to join him, but to finish what he started. And I, nobody else was supposed to put you down. It was supposed to be me. And now I've got my chance to do it. And, and they oh, have their, sure. their Western draw. I could just like hear the, the music playing like Cad Bane's theme music and like the spurs and stuff clicking. Yeah. Well, and there's a few shots of the helmet too of, of Boba's helmet in this first episode where it clearly shows the the dent, yeah, you know the famous dent of it. But um, and for those who don't know who we're talking about, for because hopefully our friends and family are listening to this first episode, um, Cad Bane being a rival uh, bounty hunter of Boba Fett, and there was the the Clone Wars being a <clears throat> you know the, that first animated series really the first content to come out of star wars after the prequel trilogy um where there's a, a western showdown like drew had said and they both shoot each other and uh it was it was half animated i mean it was drawn out but they never actually put it into the show it's one of those uh where nerds like us uh nerds a bad term but uh overzealous fans like us um really want to see it pay off, really want to see it reach the screen. Um, and then most likely character to arrive, I mean, I think Bosk, I think Bosk is a great take. Um, I, I would say this might be cheating, but I'm going to go ahead and say Django Fett, uh, having some flashback to his dad and having him play the same we mentioned it already but having him play the same role which would be a little trippy in itself but uh they technically could have him play two characters they could have him play Django Fett again uh so I could see them doing something of you know some scene of the past of Django revealing some kind of secret to Boba or in talking to him because we talk about Omega a lot and there's nothing really tying Boba to Camino outside of you know he was young he was 10 or something when Django dies and outside of that I don't think there's anything keeping him tied to that kind of the, the stormtroopers or the culture and there's even that reference to it in in one of the Clone War episodes where you know he says well you're my brother the clone trooper says this to Boba and he says well I'm not your brother like, I don't care who yeah. you are yeah um, so I can see something like that. That's cheating, but I don't care. Do we? Do you think we get any of the Mandalorian characters in Boba? Besides, obviously, like Fennec Shand just came from Mandalorian, but I, do you, I do, like does Din Djarin show up at some point? That would be a huge one, but I just I I don't know. I don't I don't think we the Mandalorian's so well established. I think if any big reveals were to come, a la Luke Skywalker, it would be out of that. I, unless the Boba Fett series can show that they are also like on the level of the main. Because who knew? I mean, I wouldn't have thought the Mandalorian would have taken off the way that it did. Between the merchandising, between everything, I mean, that's that's a huge doll. I'm surprised they can't. They're stopping after season three. 
I'm, you know what? My take on all this is that I think that they originally wanted to do Boba Fett. And for some reason, they, they were told no, that they had to basically prove that they could make Disney Plus series work before they went and like come up with a different character. That way you don't ruin another character. If this show flops, Mm -hmm. I think if they had, if they had just given them the green light that the Mandalorian show would have just been Boba Fett, but they had to, they had to tweak it slightly. But I mean, if you think about it, he's a, he's a Mandalorian. He's got his armor. Like he's a bounty hunter. Like there's a lot of Boba Fett in Din Djarin, except he's like warm and fuzzy once he gets so but i just think that series hit it out of the park so much that they won't cross them too much they won't won't want to overdo it yeah yeah i could now what i i could see payoff it the only thing i could see would be if they used the ending of boba fett to play into to tease season three Maybe a maybe a rounding up of everybody that has anything to do with Mandalore, to uh, to see who the true ruler of Mandalore that, will be. Yeah, I mean we're we're over time already, and we're we're not <laughs> this this will this is a podcast for another time. But speculate for season three of Mandalorian. I I think that I think that has a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially with having Sabine Wren already casted for the Ahsoka series, um, there's a lot to to explore with Mandalore yeah. uh, that we've seen in the animated uh, universe, but we haven't seen yet live. And I think there's a lot that they could do uh, with that. But but one with more, that, one one more thing, thing. One more thing. Yeah, on on Boba Fett, I I didn't talk about it when he was in the Sarlacc pit, but the change from the gray jumpsuit to the black jumpsuit underneath. I think that oh, yeah. I think that could ex- be explained in a couple ways. One, old Boba, new Boba, right? Um, but I think it's actually a, a symbolic when we see those Tuscan raiders that take him in, they are not your typical Tuscan raider. They, you know, all the Tuscan Raiders we've ever seen have basically looked exactly the same. They've wear like the, the tan robes, their heads, their headpieces are almost identical. Like you couldn't really tell them apart. And the ones that we see that take in Boba look like this random other tribe. They're all very different. They give me Knights of Ren vibes. And mm. that they're like in black and they definitely look like warriors. They look very well trained in like hand to hand combat. Obviously, the one whoops on Boba, um, and so I think that the black may have been the, a color that. I mean, we'll see how these flashbacks flush out with Boba, but he may have taken on the the black tunic underneath as like Ooh. a. I don't know if it's an homage to that group that brought him in and trained him, or. If it's just like uh, this is a piece of me now, but either way, I think that's why he wears black. It could just be because it's slimming and looks cool, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I think it's just to distinguish old Boba Fett and new Boba Fett because I am a dumb viewer and I need colors to tell me what time it is. Oh, oh yeah, that's the, the light one. This is the past. Yeah, I know that now. Uh, well, folks, we are excited 
to be bringing you uh, the escape pod as a literal and metaphoric escape from uh, whatever's going on in your life to talk about Star Wars for a little bit. Um, so we thank you for sticking with us to the end of this. And, uh, you know, we're going to be carrying on this uh, kind of episode breakdown of kind of all the Star Wars content coming out, as Drew referenced earlier. We've, we're in a golden age of time for Star Wars. So, uh, and then in between those, as we get better at podcasting, we'll be bringing the other content, um, Star Wars related and, and others as such. Um, but definitely keep tuning in. And, uh, you know, at this point, we don't have any uh, Patreon or anything like that to <laughs> donate to. So hit us up on Twitter and tell us that you listen to it or write us a note or send us a carrier pigeon or uh, encrypt a message into R2-D2 and send it to us. I don't care what you do. Uh, but we're going to be doing our best to keep bringing this content to you. I think if nothing else, even if none of you listen, Dan and I are going to enjoy talking to each other about Star Wars. So feel free to listen. We would love yeah. you to listen. We would love you to chime in with your uh, opinions and thoughts on uh, feedback on on the all the content that we're getting from Disney Plus and Star Wars right now. I will tell you that I am going to uh, Disney World soon. And I don't know whether or not we will make it over to the Star Wars section of the park at Hollywood Studios yet, but um, but if I do, I will be sure to let you know and let you know if there's anything fun and Boba Fett related that's going on down there, given that it's like the peak and, you know, start of that new show. And um, there's not a ton going on down there right now, given that they just got through the holidays down at Disney World. So we shall see if I have any updates from Disney World Star Wars related. I will add them into one of these podcasts. Absolutely. All right. Well, Perfect. until until next time, uh, may the force be with you, and we will be back soon to wrap up uh, a second episode of the Book of Boba Fett. And may the force be with you, Drew. You guys have a wonderful week. This is the way.